Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw struggled. The offense could only put up three runs against the Marlins again. And the Dodgers lost 6-3. to three. We'll talk about Kershaw's struggles with command and velocity, the decision to bring in Ryan Yarbrough when they did and how that uh, ultimately didn't work out. Talk about Max Muncy missing the game with a shoulder issue and what his prognosis looks like. And then a couple of the Dodgers deadline acquisitions who started off with a bang have uh, turned into a bit of a dud. We'll talk about all that. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Samperio. We're doing a split episode today, so it'll be me for the first half and Vince for the second half. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. Oh, but first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And the Dodgers started a series in Miami. Obviously, most of the talk uh, leading up to the series was more about uh, the legal issues faced by a certain Dodgers pitcher that uh, we talked about on yesterday's episode. I want to say I appreciate the comments on yesterday's episode. Uh, There was a lot of very civil discourse about that and uh, only a little bit of craziness and uh, nothing too bad. Only had to delete one comment. So uh, better than I expected. Uh, but we're not going to talk much about that today. We're going to talk about a uh, left-hander who is still on the Dodgers roster uh, and will be for the foreseeable future, and that's Clayton Kershaw. Uh, he pitched, and it wasn't his night. He walked five guys. The last one immediately preceded a two-run home that gave the Marlins a 3-2 to two lead. Uh, for the first time since May 27th, Clayton Kershaw allowed a run on something other than a solo home run. Uh, the three runs he allowed were a solo home run and then a two-run homer. Uh, so it's still the homers that are getting him uh, this time. Just tongue a fastball to Josh Bell after a walk. And uh, that gave the Marlins the lead. The Dodgers eventually tied it up on a Chris Taylor homer, but Ryan Yarbrough couldn't hold that in the eighth inning. He gave up back-to-back homers. Dodgers lose 6-3. to three. And it was a rough day for Kershaw, command-wise, obviously, but also uh, he topped out. He didn't even hit 90. I don't know if he even hit 89 very many times tonight. It was the slowest the lowest average velocity on his fastball that we've seen maybe ever, definitely in a long time. And uh, combine the lack of velocity with the lack of command. He still made some big pitches when he needed to. He got two inning-ending double plays, including one with the bases loaded. Uh, and so he made the pitches when he need to, needed to. Uh, the, there was definitely a case to be made to pull him after the fourth inning. He struggled to get through that fourth inning, uh, left with a two-to-one lead after that fourth inning. Uh, but, you know, they're trying to get him stretched out for the postseason, And so if they had pulled him out to the fourth inning, he probably would have had to go to the bullpen to throw more pitches to, for the purpose of stretching him out. Maybe that would have been a good idea. It was in that fifth inning that he did give up the two run homer to bell. Uh, but you know, uh, 
no games are meaningless, but this is a lot, I think, like the, the Bobby Miller situation I talked about last week that winning the game would have been nice, but I don't think it was their ultimate goal. I think it was let's get Clayton Kershaw stretched out and give him a chance to to get the win, and uh, it didn't work out. And luckily, Chris Taylor let him off the hook, so he didn't get the loss. Uh, bad news for Ryan Yarbrough was that he did. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a case to be made for pulling Kershaw to the fourth, but there's also a case to be made for leaving him in. I think this is one of those decisions that uh, reasonable people can disagree on. And, you know, the decision to bring in Ryan Yarbrough uh, was also an interesting one just because the bullpen's rested. Is this really the right situation where you want to use Yarbrough, your long reliever? And I think that mostly came down to the fact that his wife is having a baby any moment now. And so he's going to be going on paternity at some point. So it was, well, if he's not going to be on the roster tomorrow, let's pitch him today and he can get his the, the rest for his arm while he's off the roster on paternity leave, uh, not getting any re- other kind of rest with newborn. But uh, so I think it was as simple as that. And Yarbrough pitched, pitched pretty well until that bottom of the eighth inning when he gave up the back-to-back homers. Uh, you know, it's uh, – I, I don't think there's much to take from the Yarbrough appearance. The Kershaw – issues are concerning um dave roberts said after the game that that he thinks it's still related to the shoulder kershaw insisted he's fine uh and i don't think those are necessarily in as much conflict as a lot of people are trying to make them out to be uh i think kershaw is fine in that he's able to go out there and pitch and not hurt himself uh but i think dave roberts is also telling the truth when he says that kershaw's stuff being diminished has to do with his shoulder i think uh, that's pretty obvious, and uh, that basically Roberts said that rest isn't going to help him, and so he can take the ball. Let's go out there, and and the fact is, he gave up three runs in five innings, which a lot of the time that's going to we've talked a lot that that's going to be a win for Dodgers. And from Kershaw, we expect more, and he's given us more than that most of the time. Uh, but in this game, it, it didn't work out. It wasn't enough, and uh, and they lost the game. But uh, you know, for the postseason. I, I'm hoping this velocity ticks back up. I hope that whatever it is, strengthening, strengthening the shoulder, whatever, I hope that Kershaw gets some of that velocity back instead of continuing to see it go down. And and only time will tell on that. Uh, but if Kershaw is, you know, only throwing 88, uh, when the postseason rolls around, I think that's a concern. Uh, if he has the command, I do think, and Dave Roberts said this too, he still has good enough stuff to get outs, to get big league hitters out. Uh, even if he's not throwing very hard, but, uh, that's if he has command. And I mean, the problem with the, the Josh Bell Homer happened because Kershaw threw an 88 mile an hour fastball right in the go zone. And so that's, that's bad news. Uh, Josh Bell doesn't look like a baseball player, uh, but you know, he's big and strong. And when you throw him a a pitch like that, he's going to hit it pretty far. And so, the command thing, you know, the, the five walks are obviously a, a lack of command. He couldn't finish batters off. He couldn't make the pitches in the strike zone when he needed to. All that added up to a rough outing. And by Kershaw standards, rough outing. Five five innings, three runs. Uh, we take that from most people. For Kershaw, it's a rough outing. And uh, it's something to keep an eye on over the next month or so because if he is at this same level of command and this level of velocity – you know, it's it's concerning going into the postseason. I assume the command is going to come back because Kershaw has always had good command in his career. Uh, he's had a couple of games this year where he hasn't, uh, but for the most part, he's always had good command. And so if that comes back, the velocity doesn't worry me as much. Really, the command worried me more. 
Um, so yeah, it's like Dave Roberts said, it's where we are right now. And, uh, I don't think Kershaw liked being asked about his health and that's okay. You know, he's a competitor. Um, but it is where we are right now. And hopefully his next time out will be a little bit better, a little bit more velocity, a little bit better command, and he can start making progress so that we can feel good about him going into the postseason. But that's another thing that only time will tell. So I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk a little bit about Max Muncy before I hand it over to Vince. Uh, Muncy missed the game on Tuesday with the shoulder injury from Sunday. We'll talk about that. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales. And we built the first deep sales platform with next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a super superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started. Hey, we back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Especially want to thank our everydayers. We appreciate you being with us. If you're not an everydayer, just watch or listen every day. Then you're an everydayer. It's a pretty cool club to be a part of. Uh, you can also catch every Dodger game, the Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app, simply by searching for Dodgers. And of course, I want to remind you, as always, if you're watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email. Vince will give you all that contact info at the end. And uh, Max Muncy missed the game on Tuesday. With uh, he, he came out of the game early on Sunday, uh, injured his shoulder a little bit, swinging the bat. Uh, Muncy did take batting practice before the game on Tuesday, and he said he felt good. Uh, Dave Roberts said before the game that Muncy was unavailable in any capacity in this game, but they don't expect it to be a long-term thing. With Jesus Lazardo pitching for the, the Marlins, uh, Muncy might have had the day off anyway. Uh, Lazardo is a very tough lefty. Um, and so, it, uh, you know, who knows if things might have been different if it was a right-hander on the mound, but it wasn't. It was a lefty, and they gave Muncy another day off. And, you know, combining that with the, the off day on Monday, it does give, you know, double double benefit of the day off. And so we'll see if he's back in there. The, the Marlins have Edward Cabrera most likely going in today's game. He's a righty, and so – if Muncy's back in there, that'll tell us a lot. If he's not, that'll also tell us a lot. Uh, J.D. Martinez also started a rehab assignment in Oklahoma City, which would be very nice to get him back. Uh, you know, Vince is going to talk a little bit in the last segment about Kike Hernandez and, and Ahmed Rosario and their recent struggles. And uh, I think J.D. Martinez uh, relates to that a lot too, but also relates to Muncy and just in general. Uh, they could use J.D.'s bat if he is back and healthy. So. With Muncy, particularly, uh, hopefully he can come back soon. And you know he he's shown some signs of life. His batting average is up over 200, 
which seemed like a pipe dream for a lot of the season. He's uh, He had obviously that nine, 10 game hitting streak and nine games straight with an extra base hit. So uh, really good lately. And uh, the Dodgers could definitely use that. They've scored exactly three runs in all four games that they've played against the Marlins this year. And uh, four games, or maybe it's the last four. I'm trying to remember, uh, do they play? Uh, yeah, maybe it's uh, the last four. And so it's, uh, you know, they, they need a little bit more offense. And the offense has struggled a little bit lately. I think it's a combination of J.D., uh, Max being hurt. Freddie Freeman has struggled a little bit. He did have a RBI hit in this game on Tuesday. Uh, realistically, if the offense is going to struggle, I'd have them struggle. I'd rather have them struggle in early September than in early to mid October, like they did last year. And so maybe this is getting that struggle out of the way. And so by the time October rolls around, they're back to dominating like they did for the first part of August. Uh, you know, fingers crossed that that's the case. If that is the case, Max Muncy is going to be a big part of it. I think he is uh, middle of the lineup hitter for the Dodgers. And when he's right, he has potential to change a game anytime he's up to the plate. Uh, he's over 30 home runs again this year, like he is pretty much every year that he's healthy. And so a, a healthy Max Muncy would be really good. And right now, all we really know is that he came out early Sunday and he missed Tuesday. But uh, we'll know a lot more when we see the lineup for Wednesday's game. If he's in it, then that will tell us quite a bit. Um, there's not much else for me to talk about. Like I said, Vince is going to talk about uh, Kike Hernandez and Eddie Rosario, who've both struggled since coming, or they they started off hot with after they were acquired at the trade deadline. They've struggled lately. He's got some numbers on that and uh, some talk about them as regards the, the postseason. And uh, we'll have a lot more coming up this week. With uh, you know the question marks about Julio, who fills the spot in the rotation this week? Who fills the spot in the rotation long term? Does it turn into kind of a, a battle of the young guys? To because right now with Julio presumably out for the postseason, there's there's some openings and there's some chance for these young guys to say I want that spot and to you know the next few weeks could be pretty interesting watching these young guys pitch both in the big leagues and in AAA. And seeing who wants to to grab that spot and and earn a big role in the postseason could be interesting. So, a lot of stuff to talk about with Vince today and with all, both of us the rest of the week. It's going to be an interesting week. So, uh, that'll do it for me. Thanks for watching every day. Thank you, everydayers. And Vince will be along in a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanduel. Get ready for the NFL season with the incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Right now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Vince here to close out the episode. And like Jeff mentioned, here to talk a little bit about the Dodgers Deadline acquisitions, specifically the deadline acquisitions that bat from the right side and can play middle infield. 
Um, specifically, more specifically, Ahmed Rosario and Kike Hernandez. Because while initially they both uh, started really, really well for the Dodgers, they've hit a little bit of a rough patch now. And basically, they're as of now, their time split with the Dodgers. If you split it directly in half, it was first half really, really good. Second half, not very good at all. So, you know, let, first let's break down the numbers. Uh, you have, this is before last, last night, both of them went one for four. This is all before that, but doesn't really change too much in the outcome anyways. Heading into the game on Tuesday, Ahmed Rosario had been with the Dodgers for 30 games. His first 15 games in 47 at-bats, he had 13 hits, three homers, 11 RBI, an OPS of 824. In his last 15 games, he has 35 at-bats, seven hits, no homers, three RBI, and a 596 OPS. Uh, Strikeout-wise, split-wise, he was the same. He struck out six times in the first 15 and six times in the last 15. Although definitely seems like he's been striking out more. Uh, I thought I thought he was, but uh, he's just struck out in bigger spots, I think, the last couple games. Um, which make that stood out a little bit more. When it comes to Kike, Kike has been with the Dodgers for 33 games before last night's game. The first 17 games, he had 56 at-bats, 18 hits, 7 doubles, 10 RBI, and 861 OPS. And then the 16 games after that, 49 at-bats, 8 hits, 3 doubles, 6 RBI, and a 526 OPS. So... Both of them, OPS is under 600 in the last two weeks after having OPS is over 800 in the first two weeks with the team. Now, obviously, that is not ideal for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of those reasons being that these were the Dodgers additions at the deadline. Uh, you know, we, we've talked extensively about the deadline and how everything else. And, you know, it was fun the first week, two weeks when it was looking really good. Um, obviously not as fun recently. The one thing, and, you know, you look at, they're here to hit against lefties specifically, more or, you know, more specifically, fill in where they can. Uh, but for the most part, for the lineup against left-handed pitching, that's where Rosario and Kike both kind of fit in a little bit better or have a guaranteed spot when everyone's healthy. In that sense, Rosario still holding up his end of the deal, uh, although obviously, you know, a little bit overall against lefties. He has an OPS of 852 as a Dodger, um, and that's been the majority of his time. He's been with the Dodgers 31 games, and he's played 24 games in which he's had an at-bat against lefty. Like, he's had 50 at-bats against a lefty. Whereas basically half his at bats have been against lefties, and he has an OPS of 852. Obviously, you know a couple home runs were a couple weeks ago of in that, um, but still overall, you know you look at a bigger sample size, he's hit well. Kike is a little bit interesting because Kike has not really hit lefties very well the entire time. He of those ten doubles that he or yeah of those ten doubles that he has. He only has four of them against, or two of them against lefties. 
He only has a 519 OPS against lefties in 45 at-bats. So he's a, he had a lot of his early success against right-handed pitching, which was interesting because those first that first week or so after the Dodgers acquired both of them, the Dodgers faced a lot of left-handed pitching. So Rosario and Kike were playing a lot, and the Dodgers were winning a lot of those games because Rosario and Kike were hitting so well. But Kike wasn't necessarily hitting against lefties, uh, but was you know remaining in the game or hitting against the, the righties or was getting a few more starts against right-handed pitchers than maybe Rosario was and able to come through. So. Those are the, the numbers, the struggles that they've had so far. You know, what does it mean for the Dodgers? Well, obviously, these guys have been in the lineup. Uh, you know, Rosario's batted cleanup a few times in the last week or so. And with the numbers that he has, maybe not an ideal situation. Uh, but right now, the Dodgers aren't in an ideal situation because J.D. Martinez has not been playing. J.D. Martinez um, was exposed. Expected to start a rehab assignment should be back with the Dodgers this weekend, if not next week when they're back home in Los Angeles. So ideal world, that's what happens. Um, and when that happens, Rosario and or Kike, you know, just generally at bats will drop because that's one less spot in the lineup for those guys. But that's not the only, you know, savior like these guys are still going to have to play or still get chances to play, especially against left-handed pitching. You know, you're going to have Freddie at first, Will at catcher. You're going to have Mookie in the lineup. Outman's pretty much earned your spot in the lineup for the most part, uh, de not depending on on which arm the, the starting pitcher throws with. You know, you're going to have Max Muncy in the lineup for the most part against even against lefties uh, when he's healthy. But, you know, the Dodgers lineup does look different when it's Rosario and Kike playing rather than, you know, some, you know, no Peralta, no Hayward against lefties for the most part, you know, realistically. So these guys are still going to be able to play. The one, you know, caveat there is now when you decide middle infield, uh, you know, do you play these one of these guys or do you, or Miguel, you know, do you play both of these guys with Miguel Rojas? Do you play one of them with Miguel Rojas? Do you Miguel Rojas sit? Uh, quietly, or maybe not quietly, it's been talked about a little bit. Miguel Rojas has been playing a lot better offensively lately. You know, you go back to the last 15 games, um, and, you know, for him, he has an OPS over 700 in the last 15 games. His OPS on the season is 581. So, you know, obviously he's been playing better last 15 games you go to the last week and his ops gets well over 700 into the 750s and he's hitting 292 and you know seemingly putting the ball he's always going to put the ball in play but now putting the ball in play and actually having some uh some slug behind it you know 417 slugging in the last week even though you know 380 slugging in the last month which isn't great but for him you know that's not terrible. Um, he's around a 300 slugging on the season, so 380 is you know much better than that. This is all with the caveat that he hasn't been great offensively, but he's been better lately, and better is good enough to help out this Dodger team, um, especially because, like I said, with, with the lineup and, and how things go in October, the Dodgers really need Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, you know, want those two for sure. Next tier, Will Smith, Max Muncy, and J.D. Martinez. Those guys 
need to do the hitting. They're there to do the hitting. Uh, everyone else after that just needs to hit when the time, you know, obviously ideal world hit all the time, but have an impact in at least one game or two games or, you know, whatever it is. Jason Hayward and, and David Peralta against right-handed pitching, you know, they've had good seasons. And Hayward a little bit better and more consistent. But you're not necessarily counting on them in October to, you know, hit 300 and have an OPS of 800. But you're hoping that they have a moment or two every series or a big at bat or two every series. That's really the, the goal. You know, Ahmed Rosario and Kike, same thing. You're not count like the Dodgers' success doesn't hinge on Ahmed Rosario and Kike Hernandez fully, but it does have an impact, and they can have an impact. And against left-handed pitching, you know, the Dodgers just need them to play up to what they can be against left-handed pitching, you know, what they've been their career, you know, maybe for Kike not so far this season specifically, but in his career, Metrosario this season and in his career. And, you know, with Kike, it's we've been here before where he's struggled. Uh, and then when it comes down to it, when you need, you know, he's even recently he's had a couple big hits or an RBI hit or something like that when the Dodgers have needed him. So, you know, they just need to have moments. Your, your top guys need to be the consistent ones. You know, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman do need to be how they are in the regular season. You know, Will Smith, Max Muncy, Jaden Martinez do need to be how they are, you know, how what you expect them to be, you know, which is very good hitters. The rest of the guys just need to have the moments. Kike and Rosario, you know, again, this very small sample size, it's a 30, it's a month sample size split in half with one good half, one bad half. It just happens to be that both bad halves have been the second halves. And, you know, Dodgers offense has been scuffling a little bit lately in terms of putting up consistently, you know, good offense. They faced a little bit better teams and, you know, better pitching staffs and blah, blah, blah. But still, if the Dodgers are going to do anything in October, they're, they're going to need to beat good pitching staffs. So it can't be a full excuse for that. But, you know, regardless, I, I don't – have any lack of hope for these guys i just think it's you know they started off really hot and that's seemingly fizzled a little bit lately and hopefully they get hot back again um you know they 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 both had mechanical tweaks when they came over and you know maybe it'd be a question it's obviously not a question for me more question for dave roberts or, or rob van skoyak or, or the those guys the coaches of if they've gone back to old habits, or are they just in a you know a little bit of a rut? Whatever the case is, you know, like I said, it's a small sample size. Both of these guys can go three for four the next night, and those numbers, you know, all kind of get skewed again anyway. So it happens. But I'm hoping that they both just start hitting like they were the first couple weeks, the rest of the season, and into October, and then we don't have to worry about it. So uh, that's gonna do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to check us out and find us where we get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to tell your friends and family. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to listen every day. Become a part of the everydayers, uh, those people that listen every single day. Remember, SiriusXM or the SXM app can help you listen to the home broadcast for any Dodger game. All you got to do is search Dodgers on SiriusXM or the SXM app. 
can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can DM either of us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those via email, LockdownDodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope to be here with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Taste my advice by podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.